Welcome to the Female CEO Showbiz Bestie. I'm your business big sis, Courtney, a corporate dropout turned two times founder with a passion for helping women build businesses that support their dream lives, not businesses that run their lives. Let's face it, being a woman is hard. Being an entrepreneur is hard, but you don't have to go on this journey alone. I'm here to have the real, unfiltered conversations about business ownership as a woman that no one else is. Get ready to level up and let's dive in to today's episode. Hello, friends. Welcome to this week's episode of the Female CEO Show podcast. This week, I am joined by Olivia Joy, and we are talking all things nervous system regulation. This is something I have been hearing a lot about this year and am recently like really learning how important it is and how much of a role it can play just in the success of your business and in your life, in your body, all of this. So I'm so excited to be talking with her to give you guys the inside scoop so we can all kind of regulate our nervous systems a bit more to help us find even more success in our businesses. Olivia Joy helps business owners to raise their level of connection and presence in their body. When connectedness and presence is between 90 to 100%, this is when massive aligned inspiration happens. And this is when it's easy to call in a wonderful, uplifting clientele and skyrocket profits. So this is going to be a juicy episode, you already know. And be sure to stay tuned because Olivia is going to be doing a giveaway at the end of the show for a free 30-minute one-on-one session. So if what we talk about today really speaks to you, you are definitely going to want to get in on that. Olivia, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us this week. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to jump on with you today. Oh, me too. I am so excited to dive into this. So kind of kick things off for us. Tell us a little bit about your story, your journey, and how you have gotten to here. Awesome. So I'm almost 30 and I sort of started this journey maybe about 12 years ago. Um, 12 years ago, I had um, four of my friends diagnosed with cancer within the space of about three or four months. Um, And actually all of them ended up dying. And so when that happened, um, I was like a, a heavy church goer and I thought, Jeebus, like, you know, they teach us that if you go to church and, you know, you do all these things that you kind of get to the end of your life and it will have been great. And I was just like, why uh, why did my friends, you know, and at the time when I started kind of this journey, they were still sick. They hadn't all passed away. And I was just like, there's got to be more answers to this, right? You know, like they were going to the doctor's, um, and they were kind of like they'd all gone to this point where the doctors were saying, like, there's nothing else that we can do. And I was just like, no, this is like bullshit. Like, I don't want my friends to die. This is so lame. And I started kind of going along to, like, mind, body, spirit festivals, and I was like, I was so hungry to find out, like, the thing. I'm like, there's got to be the thing, and I was so determined to find the thing. I mean, now in hindsight, I realise there's many the things. and But through that process, it was a 
very quickly came across energy work and specifically kinesiology. And I remember being at the Mind Body Spirit Festival, I think it was called, and um, this lady that I'd kind of walked up to her stool, she got my attention because she's like, we can find out what's going on in your body more so than any other therapy or modality does just by um, assessing your muscle responses. And I was like, oh, okay. So it's like it got me interested. And so um, the lady gave me a demonstration and from that point, like the ecstaticness in my body, my body was just like, you've found the thing. And, And so like she was kind of like, She got me to think of, like, something happy, right, or, like, something that made me feel good. She's like, think about baby puppies. And I'm like, oh, okay. And then she's like, put your arms out. She put my arms out, and then she gently pressed on my arm. And when she did that, uh, she's like, do you feel how that feels? And my arms were, like, it was really easy to hold my arms there. And then she got me to think of something that made me sad, maybe, like, a loved one that had passed over. And that was very easy because at that point my friends were dying of cancer. And so I put my arms up and then she put gentle pressure in my arms. Just like immediately I felt this like lack of like complete like muscle function. It's like my arms felt so heavy and she pressed on them and my arms just dropped and I, and I had no, like it was just like suddenly just by connecting that horrible feeling, I, I immediately felt the difference in my body when she pressed on my arms. And I thought, oh my gosh, like, I bet we can use this to to find out why people are dying of cancer. And so basically that's what kind of, that was like the catalyst for um, me becoming who I am in my work. And so I immediately jumped in. I was like, at that point, I think I probably had like $500 to my name and I immediately signed up for like a $20,000 course. And they're like, how would you like to pay? I'm like, I don't know, but I'm going to do it. <laughs> and interestingly enough I think I did about six months of it and it was so intense and it was like it was so much to wrap my head around that I ended up asking the job that I was working at um for some time like for some extra time and they actually ended up firing me because like no you you know like not firing me but they just stopped giving me shifts because I didn't have great availability and so I actually um, ended up dropping out of that course um, about six months in, which is kind of sad, but it all worked out perfectly because, you know, over the, the course of the next maybe eight years, I continued getting this type of work done on me. And so I got a real embodied um, experience of what it was like. And then come 2018, um, I was so hungry for it again. I was like, I can't, I can't keep putting this off. I know that this is for me. I, I like, it's like that itch. There was like this underlying itch, and I'm like, I know how powerful this work is. Like, I'm so sick of paying like to get this done all the time. I'm like, I want to learn this. I want to be that person. And so, in 2018, I started studying it again, and then from there, I've just studied thing after thing to kind of add to it. It's like my soul's like there's still something that's a little that you're missing. And I went on to um, look into trauma more extensively and I looked at some herb sort of stuff um, just to kind of get more of a a more holistic um, toolkit. And, I mean, I feel like 
it's called kinesiology initially what I learned for those who don't know and I, I felt like it gave a pretty holistic kind of a toolbox but I like there's a couple of other things and so yeah this is where I am now learned all about the nervous system um, and I really incorporate that in that knowledge of helping get people out of trauma states help people like become connected in their body through that I know that was like okay. long-winded but I feel like that gives a really good idea about how I got to where I am Absolutely. No, thank you so much for sharing all of that. What a powerful journey and story and like reason that you got into this work in the first place. For a layman, can you break it down a little bit? Like overall, like what is kinesiology? I mean, it's hard to kind of break it down because it's so many different things. It's almost like we've found kind of like a way to get answers from the body but kinesiology doesn't just stop at like okay this is what's going on it's like okay we've worked out what's going on now let's do something about it and then because each individual again is so individual there it's so different for every single person what mm-hmm. is needed and so the initial sort of kinesiology co- uh, qualification um has about 400 different techniques that we learn that we can use for the person. And so when we identify a stress by pressing on the muscles, right, so when they got me to think of uh, that thing that made me sad, right, that Mm -hmm. was like a stressor on the body. Like the body is like, oh, this is not a nice feeling, right? So that's what we consider a stressor. So when we identify a stressor by pressing on the muscles, we can actually identify the balancing factor for that also by connecting the muscles um, to what we're going to do. So how that looks like is it's kind of like, okay, you've thought about someone who um, has died. You've got a lot of grief there. We're working on the emotion of grief, right? And so we go through categories. And when we find the right category, the body goes, yes, that's what I want. And then we'll create a different muscle response. And so say it's like we're experiencing grief, and the body's identified that actually the lungs are what's storing the grief, right? So balancing factors for the lungs often look um, like reflex points um, or actually breathing techniques, right? Because the lungs specifically, what's their purpose? is to bring oxygen in the body. So like we might balance it with a breathing techniques. And why that this is so important is that like, when we are thinking and that emotion is activated within us, these techniques are so much more potent. It's kind of like um, you can put Band-Aids all over your body, but they're not really going to do a whole lot. But if you find where it's bleeding and that's where you, when you put the Band-Aid on, it makes a big difference. And so identifying and finding the source emotion and um, what's going on in the body before you put the Band-Aid on um, that's what really creates the difference and the change for people. Does that make sense? Wow. Yeah, absolutely. So you said that you're like, it, it gives you answers from the body. Like we're kind of talking in the language of our body. What kind of answers are you getting? You know, like kind of like, or like what questions are we asking kind of thing to like get these answers from the body? So when, like, I work with people and when kinesiologists work with people, we kind of get 
the person to tell us a little bit about what's going on for them. So if they've okay. got these, they've got pain in the body or um, they're really stuck on this in fear, they're struggling to make decisions. So we kind of, at the beginning, we're like, so what's going on for you? What's pissing you off? What's not great? Um, tell us all about that, right? And so what we do is we kind of get people to unload and then we start to hear, we start to recognise like stories and maybe sabotages or and things that are coming out. And so we get a chance to kind of note those down. Um, and then once we have that, we'll go, okay, so you're experiencing grief. Um, you've got this area of pain in the body. If that wasn't an issue for you, what would you be doing? Right. And in doing that, people, it starts to kind of come away from the problem to the solution. And they're like, oh, I would be doing this and that's what I want. So it's like, okay, if I wasn't experiencing grief and I didn't have pain in my body, I'd be out running every day and this, these issues is what's preventing me from doing that. And so um, once we kind of get an idea about what the person wants um, and we, it's, we usually do that first by helping them unload a little bit, it's like, oh, you know, I've had all of these issues just need to get them off my chest. Now that I've told you, it's like I can relax a little bit, right? So by doing that, it already helps the body to decompress a little bit. So that's kind of what we're doing. So once we have kind of like what we call the goal, right, it's like once we know where we're going, we can kind of set the body's internal GPS to that direction. And when we first start, we actually ask the body for permission and the body gives can give yes and no responses through the muscles as well. So a yes response often looks like the, the um, full energy flow to the muscle. So when we put pressure, the muscle doesn't move. When the body um, is saying no or it's under stress, it's like the stress takes energy away from the muscle. So when we press, when we press on the muscles, there will be a release. And so we can actually ask the body, is this a safe goal for us to work towards or is there actually, do we need to investigate more to find the underlying issue that we need to balance? So we can ask questions like that and the body will go, actually, this is just a front of a deeper issue. And then I ask mm -hmm. the body for permission to work on that issue. And then if there's sort of like an underlying, a bigger underlying issue, I usually say something like this. It's like, okay. So your body's actually indicating that there's something bigger here that we need to look at. Um, what I will say to you is that, um, you know, it might bring up something uncomfortable for you that maybe you don't want to share. You don't have to if you don't want to, but you just have to um, recognise and acknowledge what we're working on in order for us to help you feel different about it. Um, and I also will just say that anything that comes up um, is confidential. So it's kind of like I, I would give a little bit of information to help people feel safe and supported. So that so it kind of starts like that and those are sort of the questions that I would ask and then as it kind of moves along I through kind of my own experience questions arise as to what I might ask from that point onwards does that make sense yeah absolutely how does the body determine where to store trauma how does that happen so it's the body is like really methodical and systematic, right? Um, there's a lot of great people out there who talk about like kind of like the secret language of the body and, you know, where, why all of these things happen, right? And it's, 
and it's universal. And the reason that is is because when our body holds pain, when our body stores things, it's like it's, I want you to think of it kind of like two people. It's like the body and the mind, right? These are like two different parts of us. And if you think of it as like two separate people, it's like this person is really doing it tough and then this person comes along and goes, let me take some of that for you so that you aren't, you're you not holding so much weight. So that's what the body does. It's like when the mind can't cope or can't deal with something that's going on for us, the body's like, let me take that. right? And the reason that these things always show in certain places is to give us clues. right? It's like there's reason why people say, oh, you're carrying the weight of the world on your shoulders, right? Because it's like you get the tension in your shoulders. It's like those sayings help to give you clues as to why yeah so um in terms of like why specific things are stored in specific areas i can't give you an exact reason but we do know that um specific emotions and specific things affect the body based on which organ uh, sorry which emotion it is so for example um you know fear anxiety always um affects the energy systems of the kidneys and adrenals right and so there are in your body you have muscles that receive energy flow specifically from the kidney right so if you're experiencing fear and anxiety muscles that gain energy flow from the kidney those are the muscles that will show tension um, and likely hold your pain around your anxiousness and fear so your um, upper trapezius, which is on the top of your shoulders, is actually related to your kidney. So that's why if you're driving and you get anxious, you're like, oh, there's like crazy drivers, you get tension up here, right? Because that's that's your kidneys um, kind of freaking out. And then the, when the kidneys are kind of freaking out based on your fear and anxiety, so too are the muscles associated with it. So it's like the body does that on purpose so that we know when we're confused, we have signals and we have signposts from the body about what the cause of it is and then therefore what we can do about it. Whoa. Wow. Yeah. Why are we not taught this? Like we we have, I feel like we have the the answer to so many of our problems and we just don't realize it. That's yeah. wild. Wow. Okay, so then like how does trauma or you know these like the stress like the shoulder tension you know how do these things then like affect our work and our life and how we're showing up i mean like it i suppose it affects it in in a lot of ways but we have a little boy here who's decided to come join us. I meant I forgot to lock the door. So we have a little visitor with us. No. <laughs> um, it affects us in a way that um, until we are ready to kind of look at the underlying factors, um, we might have a little bit of um, tension in the body. We have a mm-hmm. little bit of dysfunction. Um, and basically over time, the more that we kind of um, – push things down or the more that we kind of become overwhelmed in our mind and don't know what to do about things, the more that our body's going to take that on. 
Um, but the more that we become present, the more that we um, harbour self-compassion, the more that we say go and see, you know, massage therapist, kinesiologist, physios, the more that we do those things, the more that our body is going to respond in a positive way. Um, could you say the question again? I kind of lost my thought process on that. No, that was great. Um, I was asking how that kind of like affects our body and our work, like this unresolved. Um, so no, I feel I feel like that was totally a great answer. Um, well, what are more things to say? Yeah. But um, essentially, the reason the body takes that stuff on is so that it can kind of put a lid on it, right? Because if it stays up in our head, we'll feel chaotic all the time, and we'll never get a chance to kind of um, be present. So by wow. putting it in the body, it kind of compartmentalizes it and say, I know it's kind of like. Think of it kind of like um, a can of soda, right? You put the lid on it and then it, the, the fizz stops coming out of it and it's not until something comes along and kind of rattles the lid that the fizz will start coming out again. And mm-hmm. so how that works is it's like we when it goes down into the body, it's like there'll be a little bit of fizzing still going on and we become really, it'll be quite noticeable, but then after a day or two, like that, the lid starts getting tighter on it and then we stop noticing it. Right, and it kind of helps us to kind of get on with our everyday lives, right? But what happens is after a while, if we have lots and lots of those bottles of soda, right, it's like um, and we keep adding to them, then the pressure will keep building and eventually the lid's going to fly off. And that's what, um, that's how I kind of explain um, disease. So when you kind of at this wow. point and you've got like something like, an autoimmune condition or um, you've got some disease that's kind of manifesting in a big way, um, that's kind of the body going, we've got way too many soda bottles in here and now it's like we haven't got much room left to take any more of the mental load and place it in the body. Whoa. Okay. That's heavy. So how do we we address – the soda bottles like what are we how can we take care of that before the body does get overloaded like are there practices that we should be doing like because we obviously want to avoid that so how do we how do we go about handling that yeah well I mean I think I first want to talk about the fact of like if you're at that place there's definitely a way back and I think that's where um people like me really come into play as it's like okay no one's had a perfect life. And if you've kind of been at this place where you're like, oh, my God, I totally have a ton of soda bottles. What, like, am I, is it too late for me now? No, it's not. It's that there, from here we can kind of look at putting steps in place to help prevent more of that from getting placed in the body. But you can actually, like, set aside time and, and kind of make a bit of a, not a promise, but, like, just let your body know that, hey, we're actually going to start addressing some of this stuff um but if you kind of um are you like oh my body works pretty well I don't tend to get too much stuff going on it's kind of like there's maintenance that you can do and that's like um you know maybe you see someone like me once a month or once every couple of months just to kind of like get those little things that are niggling that maybe 
you haven't got like massive amounts of stress, but you've got some stuff that you feel like is not quite resolved and you want to make sure that that doesn't store in the body as dysfunction. So it's like um, you can do that, but then how that looks on a ter- in terms of like practices, um, you know, anything that has you really present in your body, so like moving, any type of movement is fantastic for helping the body to feel heard, right? Because oftentimes the stuff in the body, it's it's the stuff that feels not heard, right? So it's when, you know, maybe you're really upset but there were people around that you didn't really want to cry in front of and so you kind of gulped those tears down. Yeah. It's, it's like creating presence for those things to be felt. Wow. Yeah, so it's like we go through life and it's kind of like right now that's kind of going in my too hard basket or it's like I'm upset but I don't want to cry here so I'm going to gonna keep a lid on that for a while. Um, if we can kind oh, yeah. of get to um, a place within ourselves where we go, okay, I'm going to let that kind of sit underneath the surface for now but I'm going to create a time to feel that later. And so what that might look like is it's like, okay, I'm out in public. Um, someone said something that reminded me of my best friend who passed away. I'm feeling really self-conscious about it and I don't really kind of want to have a big breakdown in public. I'm kind of just going to push that down for a moment and then I'm going to make an effort to, to um, find a space and time or maybe I'll call a friend when I get home and just kind of let myself experience that. And so, like, the more that we can create space for ourselves to kind of feel what all that stuff that we put in the too hard basket, the better our body is going to feel, the better everything's going to function. Um but what I'm going to do quickly is I'm just going to actually pop my son out because he's been a little distracting. Okay. So in just a second. Thanks for bearing with me. Um, of course. <laughs> this is real life. It's real life. No worries. Yeah. My son's not usually awake at this time of morning, but I think because I'm talking, he's like, oh, what's mummy doing? Yeah. <laughs> okay, it's, so. Um, five o'clock in the morning where I am, in case anyone's wondering. <laughs> he is being an early bird with mom this morning <laughs> and probably wanting to go back to bed. <laughs> so I, like, walk us through a little bit about the nervous system and how that's playing so much of a role like in our bodies in our businesses like in our day to day kind of give us the breakdown on the nervous okay. system so what i was just talking about in terms of like that crying and like all that that, that emotion coming up and mm-hmm. wanting to cry and then pushing it down what that that is actually a nervous system response right and that is a nervous system response around safety so Basically, when we don't feel safe, um, that's going to bring a response up from the nervous system, right? And so, you know, at, at that point, that um, example that I gave, it was, it's likely going to look like either a freeze or a flight response. It's like, okay, I'm not feeling safe to um, experience my emotions right now. I'm going to either freeze and kind of push it down or I'm kind of going to run away so that I can go cry. Um, 
one thing that I want to do here, and maybe it's actually a technique that I can kind of give you, is um, a way to kind of not stuff it down but maybe not let it out immediately but also create a space for the body to feel heard. And that can actually look like um, just closing your eyes and taking a nice deep breath and kind of just like move the body a little bit um, and kind of just like you can actually use your self-talk to go, okay, yeah, I and it just kind of acknowledge the way that you're feeling. You're like, I really don't feel great right now. Um, and even just that acknowledgement can kind of help prevent that from being shoved down into the body. Um, and oftentimes how that actually manifests on a physical level, it would um, come in here. A lot of people, they talk about that, that ball of energy in their throat or the, like that they feel like they're swallowing a rock, right? That's mm. kind of the representation and the energy, the energy representation of that being kind of going down. Right, and so say that you're feeling really sad and you kind of close your eyes and you take a nice deep breath, that is actually signalling to the nervous system that you can be present. So that's just like a really, really quick and simple way um, to help be, help yourself be more present. Um, and these are kind of, I consider these kind of like Band-Aid um, solutions for the nervous system, right? It's like we're bleeding, like I don't want it that I don't want the blood to go everywhere, but I don't have time to stitch it up right now. So I'm going to put a Band-Aid on to stop the bleeding and then in half an hour, an hour, at the end of the day, I'm going to take that Band-Aid off and I'm kind of going to stitch that up. And mm -hmm. um, the more that we can be present for our stuff, the it, the more that we're going to prevent more stuff from entering in the body and, and gain traction to create dysfunction. Um, okay. Yeah, so I think I'll let you can continue on with what you're saying and then I'll go on more into that based on what you'd like to know. Sure. So what does that look like when we, we take the Band-Aid off and, like, spend the time with whatever that was that happened to kind of stitch it up? Then what does that practice look like for us? Okay. So it's quite an intuitive practice. It's like, okay. can I allow myself to do what I want to do right now, right? Um, so... You're like, okay, oftentimes when, you, when you're in that moment and you've kind of taken a nice deep breath and you're like, I'm going to deal with this later, um, throughout the day when you start to get to a point where you're feeling a bit more safe, your mind will actually remind you and you'll, you'll have a thought about it. And then in that moment you have the decision of like, do I have the time and space right now to look, at, look after this? And if it's a yes, then you'll, you'll notice as soon as you go, give yourself permission that, yeah, I've got enough time. You just have all the emotions run back. If you don't, your body will kind of keep the lid on it and then it will remind you later. And it's like, so a lot of people get quite disturbed. They're like, oh, I wanted to, this, that just to go away. I just didn't want to think about that. My body, I always get reminded. My brain keeps bringing up these memories. And what that actually is, is that's just the body going, do we have the time and space to love on this for a moment so that we can feel differently? Um, and so... When that happens, right, say you that scenario has happened and you've got to the end of the day and you kind of and the thought come up and you're like, oh, that's right, I was feeling really crap about that. And it's kind of like how that you can deal with that in the moment is like can you can actually sort of assess how much that's affecting you, right? Is this like I feel 100% stressed, like I think I need someone here to support me because if I lose it right now, 
like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to pull myself back together. So I think it's like assessing, like, do I need someone with me right now to in order to let myself feel, help myself feel better? Or can I just let myself express what I need to express? And oftentimes what that looks like is it's like it'll start as crying and then maybe you'll start feeling angry and you kind of want to like punch a pillow and then like, um, you know, you want to... Um, you want to jump up and down you want to stomp and it's kind of like just giving yourself permission to do those things and it's it's usually really primal it's like in in nervous system language you kind of talk about it it's somatic it's right it's the body wanting to kind of just let it out and it's like an outlet right and so how you can do that yourself um with acute stuff um that's not like um big kind of trauma and like you'll actually get a a sense of whether it is it's like you won't feel safe you you just like oh my god that is so heavy i never want to think about that ever again if you get that feeling that's when it's really good to get someone like me or someone who knows about the nervous system to kind of help facilitate you through that so that you can release that because there are some things that are so traumatic that we'll be reminded of that the body's like, I really don't even want to let this out by myself because I just doesn't feel like I know what to do in order to feel better about this. So you'll kind of be able to get a sense, right? So it's kind of like someone has died um, and you're feeling grief and you're reminded reminded of that person. You're like, you know what, I just want to cry and I just couldn't do it in public. Just let that out and then see where it goes. And as as the kind of the grief clears, then another emotion might come up and you might be aware that now you're feeling angry and that's safe. You're like, well, what do I want to do with that? And that's maybe a question you might like to ask yourself, like, what do I want to do right now? And you might just want to scream. You might just be like, and maybe you want to like um, find your, you know, like if you're spiritual or you're religious, maybe you need to have a like a hissy fit to God or, you know, maybe you kind of just want to let that out and be like, no, if you like, this is some bullshit, you know, and it's like, it's so okay to just let yourself express, right? Because we all have this inner child that wants to feel heard and wants to kind of let it all out. So I encourage you to do that. And, you know, sometimes um, you'll get, um, you'll want to just be completely unseen. You kind of just want to have a hissy fit and you don't want anyone to see it and and be thinking about it later. So you kind of just want to be by yourself and just let it out. Um and your body will guide you in that. And it's like when you're in a safe space, you actually feel like um, you'll be able to do that. Um, so I encourage that. But then it's like if you're not feeling safe, you can kind of ask yourself a question, okay, so what do I need to feel safe? And if you're like, I don't know, then that's an indication that you probably need someone to help you. Um, and, I mean, you don't have to wait until something is like so heavy you can't deal with it. By yourself to get someone to help you but um that's definitely a sign that you probably do need some help in order to get over it um and in terms of um totally lost something sport there <laughs> it'll come back to me um yeah and it's like when you're kind of in that moment and you're asking yourself those questions and you're like you know i think i actually just want to hug maybe then you look at who can i um, organize to like come and sit with me and kind of give me a hug to help me feel better yeah and so you'll you'll get a sense of whether you want someone there or you don't and mm-hmm. I encourage you just to honor that 
Okay. Is there anything we should be doing on a daily basis or weekly basis to help keep our nervous system regulated? Or is it more of just like the self-awareness as these situations come up to like listen to our bodies and listen to what our body needs? I think that it's a bit of both, right? The more that we can be present, um, the more that, like, so is what I mean, like the more that we can create time to really be present with stuff that maybe we don't want others to see, mm-hmm. the less, the the less of a need we'll kind of have to have someone help us, right? And I think we we are built to be community creatures. We we need help from others, and so receiving help is beautiful, and we all need that, right? But the more that you can take care of yourself, the less heavy stuff that you can take into um into commune with, say, a practitioner. Um, And the more that you can be present and let stuff out in the now, the more space that it will provide. When you do have sessions to actually get into that past stuff, that's kind of creating dysfunction in your everyday life. It gives you more of a chance to actually get into that stuff rather than what's going on right now. Um, And so what I see is it's like, if your life isn't kind of pl- turning out the way that you want it, this is where, like, you can come and see someone like me where it's like you're not feeling, like, ridiculously out of sorts, but it's like, okay, my life kind of just isn't the way that I want it to be. I want it to be better, so let's just go and see what we can unpack and actually alchemize and pacify so that, I can actually have these things that I want or I can actually reach these higher levels. And so, you know, in a lot of the people that come and see me, it's like they don't have really, really big stuff that's getting triggered anymore. It's just like, okay, I want to feel this way. I want to experience more joy. I want to um, have a body that works really, really well until I'm 80 or 90 years old. I I don't want to be plagued with um, diseases because maybe I haven't taken the best care of my emotions and my body growing up or maybe I haven't been eating the best food. And, you know, like so there's actually even the foods that we eat and the foods that we want to eat is an indication of um, what emotions are being stored in our body as well. If we find ourselves always wanting to get sugar, always wanting to eat junk food, that's actually a sign that your body is wanting um is craving these foods based on what has actually been stored in those soda soda bottles within the within the body and so like um those are just the body going hey there's something here and so we can actually use sessions like these to go okay so you want to have a body that works immaculately until you're 80 years old but maybe your digestion is not the best and you're finding yourself kind of craving cheeseburgers all the time, why don't we have a look at what is actually driving that behaviour? Why don't we see if we can pacify that so that when you go to think about eating, you're like, oh, actually, I just really want this really nice salad, right? And the more that we can kind of align you with what it is that you want through changing, and it's not everyone needs to change their diet, but it's like we can look at why 
um, you're wanting to eat certain things and help your body to naturally want the things that are going to fuel your body to help you have a, um, a body that works really well until your later years. And so things like that um, can be a really great thing to look at in order to have you where you want to be, essentially. Wow. Wow. Okay. Man, so like everything that's happening, like in our body, in our day to day, like is a sign, I feel like, that we're being given. And so many of us are just like overlooking them. And it's like, oh, like I'm just craving cheeseburgers. I'm just craving brownies without thinking that there's something deeper that our body is like trying to signal to us. Yeah. And it's like our body responds to everything. And, you know, when we get cravings, um, you know, there is still that physical factor of like um, nutrient deficiencies, but a lot of nutrient deficiencies happen because our body's in a nervous system response um, that creates a lot of stress on the body. And the more that our body experiences living in a stress state, the more we actually have a need for vitamins and minerals. Um, and obviously other nutrients. And so that's actually the time that where we need nutrition the most, but it's the time where we crave junk food the most and that we want wow. fresh food the least. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, like all of these things are kind of, it's like we want these things in response to what's going on around us. Maybe um, there's something within us that's feeling hurt and unheard And when we were growing up, we learned that when we're really happy about something or we're celebrating, we eat cake. And maybe when we're feeling really sad and we don't know what to do about it, we get in front of the TV and we watch a sad movie and we eat a bunch of junk food. And so we've created these associations through growing up and they become our signposts. It's like, okay, mentally I want to eat really healthy but right now I just want to eat a bunch of chips and cookies and and it's like that is a signpost of this pattern and this pathway that you've created as a kid. It's like, okay, so when I feel this emotion, I do this. And when we go in there, we can go, okay, we can actually change that. When I feel this emotion, instead of doing this, we help your body to feel safe to do this. And that might look like... Um, shaking or um a kickboxing class or um moving your body so we can actually train the body to deal with the emotion and the energy of that in a different way so we can create new pathways in the brain and the body to help you be more in alignment with your goal and so we were just talking about you know like your body being working really well until your later years right and so most people would kind of understand that Um, eating junk food is probably not going to add to that goal happening, right? But the more that they eat, you know, natural fresh foods at each meal, the more likely that is, yeah? Absolutely. Wow. Wow. That's so wild. I just feel like our our bodies are so intuitive and we just don't like, we just aren't paying attention to the signs that it's giving us. And I feel like some, like the self-awareness to know that like those things are like signals gives you so much power to really kind of take control. But you mentioned that like you help your clients get 
connected. And like when you have connectedness and your presence is between 90 and 100%, that's when like massive aligned inspiration happens. And I absolutely want to dig into this a little bit with you. But to kind of set the scene for us, what does it look like when you're not aligned or you're not connected? Like when you're under that 90%, like what are some symptoms or something that we might be feeling? Because I want people who are listening to like hear that first. So they're like, oh, wait, like that's me, you know? So what does that kind of look like? What does that feel like when you're not connected? One of the biggest signs is actually your self-talk, right? Because when you're in a loop or there's something that's being triggered, you're usually going to have some kind of self-defeating self-talk. Whereas like the more connected you are, the more your body's feeling heard, the easier it is for you to feel empowered, uh, the the easier it is for you to kind of be able to back yourself and trust yourself. So when you're... Your connectedness is low. You'll be commonly feeling emotions like shame within yourself. Uh, you'll notice that your brain will kind of be telling you things that, like, you kind of like you know when you're feeling good that those things don't feel true. But when you're mm-hmm. a little bit less connected, it's like those thoughts come in, and then you kind of like are more inclined to believe them. So it's like say you are in a pretty healthy body, you're a pretty healthy weight, when your connectedness is low, right, and say you've had problems like with eating disorder or like feeling like insecure about your weight in the past, it's like in the present right now, you know that your body is in really great shape, you're feeling really good, but then your body you're feeling a little less connected and then the self-talk is like, yeah, you're so fat. Look at that belly of yours. And suddenly like yesterday you were looking in the mirror thinking, wow, look how good I look. And today you're looking in the mirror and going, oh, my God. And so that's kind of these are kind of the symptoms that show that your connectedness is low, which kind of leads me to how do you actually bring that level of connectedness up? Yeah, that's kind of my superpower is that when people's connectedness is low, we can increase that really quickly by identifying the emotions that are present and then providing the the solutions through balancing factors in the work that I do. But in terms of how you can actually do that yourself is joyfulness, the things that really set you on fire and make you feel really good, that's what will bring up your connectedness as well. Um, and so this is in this in these moments doing the things that you love can actually feel like, oh, my God, I just don't have the motivation to go out and do that thing that I usually really love. And that's the time we actually go, you know what, I don't feel like doing this, but I know that whenever I do this, I feel really great. And that's when you push yourself to do that thing, right? So there's, you can raise your level of connectedness like that, right? And then what you might like to do is you're like, I'm going to raise my level of connectedness right here, but I know that something triggered me to bring my connectedness down. So maybe I'm going to set aside time with myself or a practitioner or a friend to kind of look into that so that I'm not constantly getting triggered into this thing that's lowering my connectedness. So, you know, I look at joy as another word for enlightenment, right? It's like our purpose on this planet is to experience joy. That's what I believe, yeah? I believe that 
we do all of these things in an attempt to feel joyfulness, right? It's like you ask a lot of people, why do you want to earn a million dollars? Oh, because when I earn a million dollars, I'll be able to buy this and then I'll be happy, right? So it's like a driving factor for like almost everything that we want usually comes down to happiness and joy. But what we can actually do to raise our level of connectedness is allow ourselves to do those things right now that create that feeling. And the more that we have that feeling, the more that it's, we are naturally re- attracting like those other things. And so, you know, for myself, right, I, I love um, gymnastics, pole dancing, all that kind of thing, right? And when I'm feeling low, it's like my body is telling me I need to do more of that. If I'm feeling mm. less connected, it's because I'm working too much and I'm starting to force myself. I'm starting to be rigid and my body's kind of like, hey, we're going to make you feel crap for a second because we want you to, like, notice what you're doing to yourself so that then you can do more things that make you joyful. Wow. Wow. Okay, that was going to be my next question was, like, how do we become disconnected? So it is, like, it's just kind of not pursuing the joy. It's, like, working too hard. Tell us a little bit about, like, how we can kind of become unconnected. Because... From what you're saying, I'm kind of gathering that like this like ebbs and flows, like our level of connectedness, like sometimes we're more connected than not, but like we're kind of trying to get to more of a homeostasis point, but like maybe it's not always perfect. Yeah, I mean, it's different for every person. It all just depends on like your upbringing and how much, you know, techniques that you've embodied, etc. And so like for what looks like um, connection for one person is different to another. So for example, say that you had a really, really rough childhood, like things that disconnect you can be things like the tone of someone's voice. It can be a specific mm-hmm. word. So like say if you've experienced sexual assault and someone says like a word like say rape or something like that, that can be really triggering and that can really decrease people's level of connectedness. Whereas wow, like okay. um, for someone who maybe hasn't experienced that kind of a trauma or has had like you know, a pretty average upbringing. Their parents weren't perfect, but they they showed up for them most of the time. It's usually going to be things like I'm like I worked 70 hours this week where maybe I probably should have stopped at 40 or um, I have taken on study where I'm working 40 hours a week um, studying, but then I'm also working 40 hours a week in a job and I also want to have a social life and see my boyfriend. It's like your body's going to have hissy fits because it's like it's too much, <clears throat> right? So it's it's like that kind of cliche, you've got to find balance in your life, right? But how balance actually comes about is having joy at the forefront, right? It's like allowing yourself to do those things that make you joyful, right, which actually increases your energy levels. And the more that you kind of reward yourself with what you want, the more that your body will actually kind of play game when it's time to do those things that maybe you don't want to do. So it's like if a lot of people, what we do is like, I need to get my tax down, so I'm going to sit myself down. I'm going to force myself to do it for 10 hours until I get it done. And then that forcing energy kind of drains us where it's like if we can allow ourselves to be like, okay, I need to get my tax done, but right now I'm feeling a bit achy in my body. My body's giving me some signals. I actually just want to go out into the sun, go for a swim at the beach and go for a run. 
And it's like, can I let myself do that? My body is giving me the signal that this is what I want. Can I trust that? Right? And oftentimes what happens is people go to the beach and they have a swim and they go for a run and it's been an hour and a half and they get back and they're like, oh, I feel so good. Like, And you kind of have the sense of joyfulness because it's like, oh, I honoured what I wanted. And then you're like, actually, you know what? I kind of feel differently about my tax now. I'm feeling really, my vibration's really high. I'm feeling really good. I might just sit down and do this for 10 minutes. And then after 10 minutes, you kind of want to roll and you're like, I don't want to stop now. Right? And then you get the tax done in five hours instead of 10 and because you invested that hour and a half feeling joyful and then you're like, oh, this is so great. And so like your day looks totally different because you've put your what your body's saying to you, you've responded to your signals, your body's feeling heard and you've put joyfulness at the forefront, your, your body kind of plays ball more. Right. And for a lot of people that it's not always easy and it's not always that simple, but it's like, okay, you start work at 7 a.m. and you usually go to bed at 11, right? Which doesn't leave much space at the beginning of your day for what it is that you want. You wake up, you have a quick coffee, you run out the door. That actually sometimes looks like kind of sacrificing your kind of 11 p.m. like bedtime and going to bed at like, say, 7 so that you can wake up at 4 or 5 so that you can dance in the morning or you can go and spend some time at the beach and it's like just like can you prioritize yourself over say the band-aids or you know staying up late to kind of get over the day like can you start your day with what it is that you want to do you know and how can you create space so that you feel honored and heard like that you're actually important yeah Oh, I love that. Because as entrepreneurs, we usually like we have that, that freedom and that flexibility to be able to like cater our schedules to our own selves and our like, wants and desires a little bit easier than other people can, which is such a huge perk. So how, how cool. I love that. And I love that approach to life, like, really just searching out the joy. And the Oh, I'm totally going to butcher this, but I've heard it before. Kind of like the, oh, what is it? Like happy is like, like feeling happy in your life is like built up from like the little joyful moments. Like when you, you decide to like go dance, when you decide to go to the beach, when you go out for ice cream, it's like the little joyful moments, like build up to you being able to look back and be like, I am happy, but not necessarily just like, I don't know, like doing the happy things, but like the, the building up of the joy and like finding those little, like the little things in your day that you can implement to enjoy it that much more. Um, and really get that sensation of joy, like daily in your life. But I, I love what you said about how, like, you feel like that's our purpose is to like, have and experience joy and be joyful and there are so many little ways that you can create that in your day which is really cool and I want to just say one thing actually Um, and I want to be really clear it's that feeling sad or feeling these negative emotions is not the opposite of joyfulness right we actually experience more joyfulness when we give ourselves permission to enter into safe spaces to feel those uncomfortable um, 
emotions. The more that we actually let ourselves process and feel, even when it's hard to feel those emotions and balance them when we're not feeling great, the more space it actually creates within our nervous system to feel good more of the time. A lot of people, when hard emotions come up, they're like, I'm just going to ignore that because I need it. I want to feel joyful. I want to be happy. But actually encompassing and allowing those emotions actually adds to your joyfulness. So, right, say you you usually love going for a morning run, right, and you love the beach, but you wake up in the morning and you're like, you, you, for some reason you feel really sad and you're thinking about your grandma. That actually one of the better things that you can do is to allow yourself to be flexible. Yeah, you usually go for your beach run, but maybe this morning you're not actually feeling like your beach run. Maybe you just want to have a cry. So maybe you, instead of going for your run, you just sit and you breathe on the beach this morning and you just let your body feel, yeah? So that's one thing I really want to drill in is it's that feeling your emotions actually adds to your joyfulness overall because when you feel, you set yourself free from what your body has been holding. Oh, oh, I love that. So much permission was just given there that like it is it's okay to feel your feelings and it's actually like of benefit to you to do that. But I love the flexibility piece as well. I feel like we're like just inundated with so much content about routines and having a routine and having a schedule. And sometimes it really does serve you more to just step away from that for a second or give yourself the day to like not go do the workout if that's just not what you're feeling. And I feel so often we like force ourselves to do these things because it's like, well, this is what I'm supposed to do. Or this is what I do every day, even though like your body or your mind is screaming at you to not and to take a break. And I really feel like this whole, like this whole conversation and this whole topic has been so much about just like self-awareness and listening to your body and then honoring that, like knowing that it's coming up for a reason and just allowing ourselves to be a bit more intuitive. And like you said, like a lot of times the solutions or like the, what you need to do is going to be intuitive to you. And I really believe that as humans, we are such intuitive beings But in today's world, I feel like we've been kind of taught and told to like shut that off. And especially as women, like there's, there's so much self doubt. It's like, oh no, like that's not, that's not what I need to do. Or surely that's not right. But just listening and allowing yourself to be and doing what you want. I feel like that those things come through for a reason. And we so often just brush them off because it doesn't always make sense or it doesn't really fit in the mold that you know society has crafted on how we're supposed to be and act so I just feel like so much permission has been given in this episode in this conversation with you so I just want to thank you for that and for sharing all of this with us and kind of opening our eyes to it it really is like it's wild how our body really holds all the answers We just, it seems like so often we aren't willing to listen or like don't believe it. Yeah. Oh, it's been been an absolute pleasure. And I feel like I just want to add one little thing in is it's like, um, again, it's like we're talking about intuitive stuff. A lot of the times 
if you have got big underlying stuff, feeling that we've talked about feeling your feelings, feeling those won't feel safe. And I really encourage you in that moment to lean in and find someone that you can feel, find safety with and create safety with to really unpack that. Because sometimes it's we just don't feel safe and equipped to do that ourselves. And so, mm-hmm. like, what I've talked about today is kind of like a general advice. It's like feel your feelings, but then sometimes there's going to be things and, you're like, it's a really deep pain and sometimes you need someone to hold your hand and walk alongside you to feel that. And I just want to encourage you, again, just to notice, like, does this feel like something I can d- handle by myself or do I get this sense of resistance that actually maybe I don't feel safe to address this by myself? So that was just the one that last thing that I wanted to add in there. Of course. Thank you. Wow. Okay. Last question for you, Olivia. What has been the toughest time that you've experienced in your business and how did you work through it? And I I ask this question to everyone who comes on the show because I really want to kind of like drop the veil um, or like push aside the curtain on business ownership and the realities of it, especially as a woman, because we're just fed this highlight reel of perfection on social media and that business ownership is like easy, breezy, beautiful, like so easy and fun. But we all know that like in the trenches, it sometimes doesn't feel that way. So I just am trying to open open up this conversation so people don't feel alone in it. So if you'd be willing to share you know, a time yeah. in your business and kind of how you worked through that. We would love that. Yeah. So is it just before I actually started studying this again, I was on a dating app and I swiped the wrong guy who turned out um, to become a stalker for the next several years. Oh, my um, goodness. Post-sexual assault. And through doing this work and going to school and really embodying this, I got the guts about me to actually make this person responsible. And so I actually pressed charges. Because um, at the beginning I felt like, oh, it was my fault. I swiped him. Like I, I let this person know where I lived. And so it was kind of I went from this space of like just kind of like attacking myself to like this like, no, actually I was targeted this person as a predator. Right, because mm. it's like when we go through tough stuff, sometimes we can, we often like we blame ourselves and we look at like what did I do? Like I must have done mm. something wrong. And actually through that I was like, no, actually I verbalised, you know, that, I, I, that this person didn't have consent to what they were doing and I verbalised many times and my body was also giving signals and I was like, you know what, no, this person intentionally hurt me. I'm going to make this person um, accountable. And it's interesting because when this was going through court, right, and I had this stalker, it actually made me feel really small in my business and I actually, I actually was very aware that my um, business decisions were completely impacted by what was happening because I just started, I just um, like got an engaged, I started having kids, I was getting married and so I still had this person that was like coming around my house um, you know, and I, so I pressed charges and it was going through court and um, that was tough for me because it's like I really wanted to explode my business. I really wanted to become this 
this public figure. I really wanted to share my this magic more extensively with the world. I wanted to start being more present. But my part a part of me was like, no, like you don't want this person to find out about your kids. You don't want them like because I shifted houses. Like you don't want them to know where you work. You don't want them to show up and and that. That went on for a few years and that was really tough, you know, like I hired coaches because I'm like, why is this going on? Like, why can I not take my business off the ground? And it, deep down I knew and I was like, and I actually identified it through sessions with the people that I didn't feel safe because I was always looking over my shoulder to see if this person was still around and I was like I was scared that they would maybe hurt my kids and and so that was really tough for me. And actually recently, actually for about a year, which is when this kind of situation wrapped up through the courts, um, I actually was got this deep sense of I need to move. I need to move cities. It's like I, I knew that I wanted to help more people. And in, in doing that, my body's like, you need to help yourself. You need to get out of the city so this person, so you can stop looking over your shoulder trying to see if this person is still mm-hmm. around. And so actually um, recently our, our lease is ending and I said to my husband I just I we really need to move and he's like no but like there's a rental crisis here like we don't know where we're going like wh- like what are we going to do I don't have a job and I was like just trust it my intuition is just trust it we just need to trust it. I need to get out of here this place is killing me and anyway um we applied for a transfer and a promotion with my husband's work and he got approved and he was like whoa and so we actually moved cities and it's incredible just, and it was such a it was such a tough such a tough decision because we sold all of our things we gave a, a, away this beautiful house in a city where like there are so many homeless now because there's just not enough houses and like to everyone they were like whoa that is not a smart decision I'm like I'm telling you this is going to be the best decision I've ever made and then once we left like the it, I was on a high for weeks I was like yes I'm finally free I don't have to look oh. over my shoulder and And so, like, it was, like, that was, like, me embodying what I do. It's, like, okay, I don't feel safe in this situation. Now I'm going to take myself into a place where I feel safe so I can fully express myself. So it's, like, that my business felt hard for such a long time because it's, like, there's this underlying, like, you're not safe to really let this thing explode. And so I needed to create safety in my own nervous system for it to explode and as soon as we left, like, it's just like I was just riding wave after wave of feeling on a high, like, because it's like my body just felt like, oh, I'm finally home. Wow. Wow. Olivia, what an incredible, incredible story. I want to thank you so much for opening up and sharing that with us because that's that's so heavy and I so hard. I can't imagine having to work through that. But I love how... I love how those were kind of intertwined. Like you had this going on in your personal life and it was affecting your business. And I feel like that's so true for so many people. And they just keep trying to, to push their business and push their business and grow it. And and they're like, why, why isn't this happening for me? While ignoring some of the things that could be happening in the background that could be, you know, playing a role in that. But I am, I'm so happy to hear about your move and that things are feeling incredible and on a high for you and like onwards and upwards onto bigger and better things that is that's absolutely incredible oh 
Olivia, thank you so, so much for this conversation today. It was so wonderful getting to dive into all of this with you. It is truly amazing how much just this this work and our bodies can really affect our businesses in a way that we just don't we don't think. Um, and I, I'm really glad that we had this conversation to like open that up and make people more aware of that because I feel like that's a missing key for a lot of people. Yeah. But if it, this episode really spoke to you, if this felt beneficial, if your interest is peaked in kinesiology or working with Olivia or getting clarity, if you're feeling confused on a next step and you kind of want to strip that back, like Olivia said, like if you feel like you need someone to kind of hold your hand through this, Olivia is offering a handful of free 30-minute one-on-one sessions to you female CEO show listeners. You know the deal. You'll follow Olivia on Instagram and you'll leave a comment on one of these clips from this episode on the female CEO show Instagram account. You can leave a question for Olivia. You can let her know what really impacted you on this episode, what your favorite part was, whatever. But leave us a comment and you will be entered to win one of the multiple free one-on-one sessions she is giving away. So you can kind of take that first step in getting some support and getting some clarity and it will be onwards and upwards for you too. So Olivia, please let everybody know where they can find you, how they can connect with you, how they can potentially work with you. Let us know all the things. Beautiful. So um, you can connect with me through social media. On Instagram, I'm Olivia Joy Kinesiologist. Um, You'll notice me because I'm, it's a sideways picture of me with my ginger hair holding a microphone. Um, and then you can also find me on Facebook, uh, Olivia Joy Kinesiology and Fertility, because um, I used to do some fertility work at a clinic. Um, you can also find me through my website, oliviajoykinesiology.com.au. So those are probably the best places to connect with me. Um, yeah. Wonderful. Thank you so much. I will have all of that linked in the show notes for you guys. So you have easy access to find Olivia and connect with her. Olivia, thank you so, so much for joining us on this week's episode. And thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Female CEO Show. I will catch you on the next episode.